Good morning, First Baptist Church. If you have your Bibles, Ecclesiastes, find your place. It's Ecclesiastes right after the book of Proverbs. You'll find it in the middle of your Bible. Open God's Word with me to Ecclesiastes chapter number 12. And we're delighted to have you here with us. I'm Pastor Mike. If you're a guest with us, may the Lord bless you. We're honored to have you here today. Please, as Pastor Todd said, if we can do anything for you, let us know how we can minister to you and help you in any way. We're honored to have you here with us today. So today we begin to think about a very important subject, one that I've, uh, I've, uh, I want to make a comment or two just before we go to God's Word and then really get into what we'll talk about, about why, why we're going to talk about remember your Creator. I've spent a long time thinking about when to share these things, praying about it, and I believe now the time is uh, right for me to share what I'll be sharing over the next weeks, and I hope you'll be able to be here and join me. This will be a little bit different than sometimes what I've done with you. Uh, I perhaps will uh, introduce you to some ideas and thoughts maybe you haven't either heard about or you've not thought about, and how they uh, influence our lives today. Why must we remember our Creator? Well, humans were created to glorify God. And humans were created to enjoy fellowship with God forever. That's why we were made. Humans, male and female. We live, however, as I mentioned to you every week, I, I, I end every time I preach reminding you that the Lord is near to the door. He is nearer to coming than He has ever been in human history. And in these last days, uh, I'm sobered by the realities that we deal with in these last days. And because of that, this is why I want to give attention to these things. Some weeks I might be preaching more, exhorting you. Some weeks it might be more uh, instruction. I don't know how it'll go. But we live in these last days when the love of God has been replaced by the love of self. That's not that that's new. It's been true in every generation. But here it is true again for us. <clears throat> all of you boys and girls who are here and students, young adults, all the way to our uh, aged people, we realize that the world is trapped in self-love and self-worship. Because of that, self and man has come up with his own ideas about how things are to be, philosophies and ideas that run the world today. We live in the last days when because of men's unwillingness to believe in God, they have suppressed the truth of God and their minds are now twisted and corrupted and perverted. We see perversions of all kinds all around us. And they have rejected, that is those who, are, who do not know God, they have rejected the truth of God's existence and they believe lies about human existence and they make themselves, they tell themselves this enough that they believe their own lies. The devil, the liar, brings about these lies. And then they reject even the design of God for the world. In these last days, human beings who deny God, they, they believe that, many of them believe that now <clears throat> mankind is evolving further to become a God. Which seems to be quite silly to us who are believers, but it's very real to those who are without Christ. In their minds being Corrupted, they practice atheism. They practice and believe evolutionism. Uh, they uh, practice strange ideas about uh, sexual identity 
And uh, they practice all kinds of corruption around transsexual behavior. Uh, there are even those who have now risen who are what we would call the optimistic uh, evolutionary atheists who believe that man is becoming a god. And the way you become a god is to implant a technology in your brain so that you will be a god. No longer a human being. You'll, you'll be advanced beyond your human capabilities and you'll become a god. These are the practices of uh, those who are what we would call transhumanists. Atheism, evolution, transsexual uh, concepts and ideas and transhumanism in addition to what I call technolism. Technolism is the worship of technology. I say all these things to you because the phones you carry, the, the places you go on the internet are all designed and written, but many, many are these uh, designers who believe these things. And their desires are that these things in technology world will lead us to a new world, a new world beyond God, beyond the limitations uh, of humankind. The reality is that those who suppress the truth of God in this generation are just like every other. Hear me now. Paul said in the book of Romans chapter 1 that those who suppress the truth, that is the truth that's known about God from creation and also the truth that's put inside of us at birth in our own creation, they suppress the truth that there is a God and because of that, God gives them over to their desires and there is a true abandonment of those who suppress the truth of God. The reality is that our society today is devolving and falling apart because God has withdrawn himself and allows the, uh, those who believe that they have the answers themselves uh, are destroying themselves and leading uh, to uh, further uncontrollable sinful behavior. This is the world in which we live. It is the promise of God. It is the prophecy of God's word that these days will come. There have never been days like these that have ever been. No preacher in history who's ever spoken has spoken as we must preach and speak and teach and learn as we do today. Our day is not the time of other past people in the church, whether it be thousands of years ago. It is our time now. And so we must understand the times. So as your pastor, I'm going to seek to do that. I would recommend to you to look on the website. If you've never done it before, we have a number of books and references there. I'll refer to them. I won't be able to, in my limited time, speak about all of this. I'm frustrated by my time limitations. Uh, but then again, uh, your seat can only endure so long my words. So I'm very aware of that. You see, I am your preacher. A lot of you have commented on my years here about, well, you know, you preach now this way and then you preach this way. Sometimes you encourage, sometimes you seem like you're very serious and upset. No, actually, the preacher is the reminder. That is my task as I stand here as your pastor. I'm the reminder. My job is to take and say, this is what God's Word says. Do you remember? Do you remember? The choir said, we will remember. That's what we should do. And we'll see that more in just a moment. But I'm the reminder. That's my task. Even in the end of this very important book, Ecclesiastes, 
Solomon says that the words of a wise man, I'm reading verse 11, the words of a wise man are like goads. Do you know what a goad is? You live in the country, for heaven's sakes, you know what a goad is. That's the only way sometimes to get stubborn cows either on, in the cattle trough, or in the cattle truck, whatever, goading. You see, the word of God and the words of the preacher are to goad. They're to unsettle you. They're to uh, provoke you. So I am here to be the reminder provoker. I will speak to you as best I can with all my heart, but I'm preaching on this uh, at a time in my life when I feel like I'm now able to speak with some wisdom about this because of my age and my experience. I hope you'll hear my words. If I offend you, I'm not trying to offend you, but if you need to be offended, so be it. I pray that you will hear these words and that you'll truly take them to heart. You see, I'm preaching so that all of us in this room, everyone who hears my voice, those of you who join us online, may the Lord bless you. I'm preaching these things to remind us that we have all been created by God for a purpose to honor Him, to glorify Him, and enjoy Him forever. I hope that will be your experience. I hope that is your experience. The only way that you can glorify God and enjoy Him forever is to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. I'm preaching these things to remind us that God's authority, His absolute sovereign authority and power are unstoppable no matter what the devil or mankind chooses to do. I'm preaching these words to remind you and call you back in repentance to serve and worship and glorify our Creator God who has given us the Lord Jesus Christ through whom He made the worlds. So go, and, and again I say out of frustration, if you pick up the sermon outlines, it will give you more details than just the, the bones of the skeleton I put up here on the screen. And if you're interested in that, then it'll take you to some other places. These words deserve for you to be studied and understood. So now we get to it. Let's hear the word of God. Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 1. Remember also your creator. Now I pause right here. This is for all of us in this room. It's for all ages. Remember also your creator. In the days of your youth, before the evil days come and the years draw near when you will say, I have no delight in them. And then the, imply, the implication of the text is the word remember, though it's not inserted in each verse, it comes at the beginning of each verse and, and finally ends in verse 6. So let me read it with the word remember attached. Remember before the sun and the light and the moon and the stars are darkened and clouds return after the rain. Remember in the day that the watchmen of the house tremble and mighty men stoop, the grinding ones stand idle because they are few and those who look through windows grow dim. Remember when the doors uh, on the street are shut as the sound of the grinding mill is low and one will arise at the sound of the bird and all the daughters of song will sing softly. Remember furthermore, men, when men are afraid of a high place and of terrors on the road, the almond tree blossoms, the grasshopper drags himself along, and the caper berry is ineffective. For man goes to his eternal home while mourners go about in the streets. Remember him before 
The silver cord is broken, that is death. And the golden bowl is crushed. The pitcher by the well is shattered and the wheel at the cistern is crushed. Then the dust will return to the earth as it was and the spirit will return to God who gave it. Vanity of vanity, says the preacher, all is vanity. Verse 13, the conclusion when all has been heard is fear God and keep his commandments because this applies to every person. For God will bring every act to judgment, everything which is hidden, whether it is good or evil. Heavenly Father, now bless the reading of your word. May the Holy Spirit of God be our teacher today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So our focal truth is this, that it is the duty of all humans to remember the Creator. It is the duty of all humans to remember the Creator. I speak these words, if I was giving a lecture at the most liberal university in America, I would not change anything I'm about to say to you, nor in the weeks ahead. For these words will take us to a detailed study of the first 11 chapters of Genesis. That's where we're going to be going in the days ahead. It is time for us again to say to the world unashamedly, that we remember our Creator. We honor Him, we glorify the Lord Jesus Christ, and we follow Him unashamedly. We stand to say in the midst of a world uh, who has bypassed, dismissed, and acts as if the church and the Lord Jesus does not exist, we stand to say, by the way, God is still in control, and whatever man may do, whatever man may say, is under the control of God and under His authority and supremacy. And the Lord Jesus, when He comes again, will settle all things with rebellious mankind. That's why we go. That's why we go and share the gospel as desperately as we can. So I have three observations for you today. There is a Creator who made everything. Remember that. Number two, remember you were created by God the Creator. Remember that. And finally, remember you were created to glorify and enjoy God. Again, I would say this on the campus of Harvard University. I'd never be asked to go there, but I'd say it. I would say this if I stood, if I stood in some community uh, organization and I was giving some kind of talk and they were all studying things about uh, the world and, and about... Uh, uh, evolution and all the rest, whatever the setting may be, I would say these things to all and I say them to you and I say them unashamedly. And in the days ahead, as we speak about creation, I will speak unashamedly about what the word of God says about creation. This is for us and for the next generations. These are the things upon which we teach our children. These are the things worth living for and dying for. So it's time for the church Wake up, O oh sleepy church, wake up and arise. Wake up and arise. The Lord Jesus has risen in your heart. You are now saved. Stand on your feet and declare unashamedly and unafraid the truths of God's word. So remember, there is a creator who made everything that exists. Remember is the word Hebrew. Remember, which means... Forgetting is the opposite. Remembering or forgetting. Which is true for you today? You know, there is a form of practical atheism 
that even exists among some who call themselves Christians. It's as, it's as if they do not even think about God in their daily life. I'm talking about those who call themselves Christians. They live there. Now, that church is one of the days of the week. Church is something you do. There's a lot of good values in that for your children, uh, grandchildren, and for yourself, perhaps. Uh, maybe you can make some good uh, work connections when you show up at the church house. But the reality is there are some who say they're saved but live like atheists. They practice atheism in their life. They do not remember God. They do not order and set their life to remember God. They don't set their time to remember God. They don't schedule their life recognizing there is a God who sees them. There is a God who knows who they are. There is a God who understands all that they are doing. And there is a God to whom they will stand and give account. They don't remember. As an older man, I've discovered in these days of my life that I'm not as sharp mentally as I once was. That's why I'm uh, eating a lot more tuna these days so that I can have a lot better memory in the days ahead. I'm reminded that with old age goes a loss of memory. But I got to tell all of you something. There is, there is a dangerous thing that goes on when spiritual decline comes in your life. And it's called spiritual forgetfulness. It's the loss of spiritual memory. You forget God. You forget the one who saved you when perhaps you were a child and who's delivered you over and over and provided grace and mercy to you every day of your life. You live now as if you've done it all. Remember, the word of God says, remember. David wrote sadly in the Psalms, Israel forgot God. The Lord Jesus, sadly, I feel, had to say to the disciples there at the table, it's etched on our table. Do this in remembrance of me. Have you forgotten the Lord Jesus Christ? Have you forgotten who saved you? Have you forgotten who's graced you? Have you forgotten who's blessed you? Have you forgotten the one who is with you every day? Remember, the word of God says, remember, there is a creator. Remember your creator. He made everything. We'll see as we go in detail into Genesis, especially chapter 1, in the next few weeks. As we come to that, we'll discover God created the heavens and the earth. The Almighty. What's the word? God. The Hebrew word is Elohim. Almighty created the heavens and the earth. The word create is to shape and to form and to make. This is the idea. The word of God tells us. That we who are believers, we believe that God exists. Hebrews chapter 11, talking about faith, in verse number 6 says, Without faith, it's impossible to please God. It's, you can't please God without faith. But wait a minute, listen. For he who comes to God <clears throat> by faith must believe that he is. Look, do you live today as if God exists? Do you behave in such a way that you know God exists? That He has given direction for your life? You see, creation is the created power of God in your life and in mine. But He created everything. Paul said, since the creation of the world, His invisible attributes, His divine power, have been clearly seen, being understood through what He has made. You see... Before there was anything, there was eternity. 
Before there was anything, there was an eternal God. God is before, above, and supreme over all creation. God from eternity created an absolute beginning for everything. God from eternity created in the beginning everything. God created everything with a beginning, <clears throat> which means there will be an ending. Isaiah said, speaking on behalf of God Almighty, <clears throat> my purpose, listen, this is God's word to the world of people who have forgotten there is a God. My purpose will be established and I will accomplish my good pleasure. I'll have more to say about this in detail in the days ahead. <clears throat> but again, I begin by reminding you there is a creator who created everything that now exists. Secondly, you were created by God the Creator. He knows who you are. He knows your name. He knows the uniquenesses of your body as you've been created. I want you to turn and read with me briefly here. I won't comment except to read it. Psalm 139, find it in your Bible. Psalm 139, <clears throat> we look at these words of David as he speaks about the glory of God's knowledge and His presence everywhere. 139.13 <clears throat> For you were formed, for you formed my inward parts. 139.13 139.13 For you formed my inward parts. Talking about how we were <clears throat> made in our mother's womb. You wove me in my mother's womb. I will give thanks to you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works and my soul knows it well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret. 16, your eyes have seen my unformed substance and in your book were all written the days that were ordained for me when as yet there was none of them before you were ever conceived. God knew you and he knew that you would be born. And here you are born to your lineage, born to your family. There are no mistakes with God. However, you have, however you've come into this world from whatever kind of circumstances, family, background, whatever it is, you have your unique DNA. You have your own uniqueness from your family of origin. And all of those things uniquely make you who you are. And God knows all of us and every human being who's born in this world on this planet perfectly at the same time today. Hallelujah. Pause for a moment and think about the glory of God. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. And now we have some who would say, but I don't like my, I don't like how tall I am. I don't like... I don't like my eyes. I don't like my mouth. I don't like my hands. I don't like my feet. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You say, Pastor Mike, why would God permit these things in my life? You are fearfully and wonderfully made. However, however you experience life through your birth. You see, you must remember God when you're young. I want to say to all my young friends here. I, thank, I am thankful that my parents took me to church. And when I was nine years old, 
I'd been listening to preaching and teaching and I, was, and I came to faith in Jesus. I'm just giving a testimony like others would in here. And I'm thankful that I've been reminded and learned the importance of knowing God as a young person. Listen, you young people who are here, if you know God, it will save you from great tragedy and pain. If you know God and walk with God and you believe the Lord Jesus and you follow His example, it will keep you from sin. If, you've, if you have believed in the Lord and gone astray, praise God. God will save you and respond. And, and, and the God who saved you will restore you if you will repent of your sins as a believer. This is the glory of remembering God. For those of you who are old, we just read it in Ecclesiastes. We remember God in our youth, but we also remember Him in the evil days, the hard days. When we get older... When things don't go as well for us in our old age. That's the description of old age in verses 2 down through verse number 5. Finally, where we all die. When you, were, when you were made in your mother's womb with your uniqueness, God set how many days you would be alive. God set the determined the days of your life. He set them there. We read earlier in the book of Ecclesiastes that God has set eternity in all of our hearts. Think of this. Here's the most grand and glorious and mysterious and fearful thing about being born. When you were born, not only did you, not only did you receive a body and a soul with mind, will, and emotions, but the spirit, the spirit of man, you are a living soul, was in you, placed in you gloriously as a part of birth. Be astounded. Be amazed because only those who have spirit can worship God in spirit and in truth. You see, the fool says there is no God. Two famous atheists of our day. Richard, and I pray for them both. I pray for these both. I do not bring derision on them. I'm not, I'm not mocking them. I'm not ridiculing them. I'm simply going to read their own words as they state them. In all of their teaching and in all of their life experiences, Richard Dawkins, who's written the book, The God Delusion, we should pray for him as a church. We should pray for Richard Dawkins. Richard Dawkins is perhaps the most famous in these days of all the living atheists. I cannot know for certain, but I think God is very um, improbable. And I live my life on the assumption, I live my life on the, this is the testimony of every atheist you know. I live my life on the assumption that God is not there. God is not there. Do you live your life as if God is not there? Do you live like a practical atheist? Yuval Noah Harari, who's written a famous book these days called Homo Deus. He says, this is a man who declares himself a atheist, evolutionist, homosexual professor. He is, uh, he is um, invited by all of the uh, technical people of our world. He appears and gives speeches at Google. He, he appears and gives speeches at, with Facebook and their leadership and all of these companies who are involved in the development of artificial intelligence. He's quite a thought leader in the world today. Now, very serious, smart people have determined and believed that because they accept the same atheistic, evolutionary kinds of principles that man now is evolving to being something of a robot man, a, a, some kind of transhuman 
with human and technological features. And that's the future of mankind. We're moving beyond humanity. But about atheism, he says, if I no longer feel God's presence and my heart suddenly tells me that there is no God, you see, it's all inside. There's no external truth. I will cease believing. See, it's what inside, your insides tell you. He's pushed down what his insides told him. There is eternity in every man's heart. The real source of authority is my own feelings. So even while saying that I believe in God, the truth is that I have much stronger belief in my own inner voice. You see, God created you and shaped you and formed you, male or female. He designed you as male or female. He created you and so that you might live, if you're blessed with the days, from birth all the way into adulthood. You have the opportunity to grow and you're young and then you're old. And you learn to trust God and remember Him in all the phases of your life. He created you so that you might remember Him while you're living. And listen, He created you so that you might remember Him when you're dying and taking your last breaths. So the question is, how do we then remember God? How do we do this? Well, number three, we remember God when we glorify Him and enjoy our relationship with Him. This is how we remember God. This is the conclusion. Notice what Solomon says, verse 13. The conclusion is this, fear God and keep His commandments. Fear God and keep His commandments. You see, people say all the time, why am I here? It's the question of the ages. It's the question of the philosophers. Why am I here? Why, the answer of the Word of God is you've been created by God to glorify God and to enjoy a relationship with Him. That is the short form and understanding of the Word of God. People say to me, Pastor Mike, what's my purpose? Your purpose is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. To bring honor and glory to the Lord Jesus Christ through whatever kind of job or vocation you have, regardless of your training and expertise. To glorify God in your life. To glorify God when you're a child. To glorify God when you're a teenager. To glorify God in young adulthood. When you're forming and shaping your family. To glorify God in middle age and in old age. The reality is that we are made to glorify God. To honor God for who He is. We are the crown of all of His creation. He made us to demonstrate what it means for us to have a God who cares about us. So we begin by fear. Fear God. Some of you in this room have watered this down. Some of you have heard teachers or preachers, some of them who are, who are afraid to talk about fear. I'm not afraid to talk about fear. You see, there's only one you should fear. And I describe fear in several ways. We've been looking at the book of Proverbs on Wednesday nights here in my Bible study together. And we've talked about the theme of the book of Proverbs. It is the fear of God, living in the fear of God. In a world that doesn't fear God. You do understand the atheist doesn't fear God. You do understand that those who belittle God don't, don't fear God. But you see, those who follow Jesus Christ have learned the fear of God. Well, you see, the fear of God is fearful fear. I mean, terror. Paul said, 
Because of the terror of the Lord, we persuade men to be saved. Because of the great wrath of God coming through the Lord Jesus Christ, who will come as judge, the Lord Jesus said, who should you fear? You shouldn't fear other people who can only kill the body. You should fear the one who can kill the body and send your soul, your spirit to hell. You see, that's fearful fear. That's the way we're to live our lives. We're to live in the fearful fear of God. I, I, have no, I would say this, if I was standing in front of, the, of a great hall of atheists, I would say the same, to fear God. You must fear God. I mean truly fear Him. Do you fear a machine more than you fear God? Do you fear a disease more than you fear God? Do you fear some human being more than you fear God? Fearful fear leads to worshipful fear. And worshipful fear, worshipful fear leads to reverential fear. And reverential fear leads to wonder and amazement as we worship God. And watchful fear comes. We watch the way God works. He sees and knows us. And because of that, we watch the way we live. And we respect God in all of our ways. You see, glorifying God is fearing God. I ask you today, are you practicing the fear of God? The fear of God is the beginning of knowledge. The fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of God is the way that you come to know the Holy One. The fear of, the, the fear of God is the way that you learn to worship and to praise God. Yes, I want to celebrate. Yes, I want to praise God. I want to say hallelujah. But in my heart, I know that I am created by Elohim, Almighty God, who has the ability to make me and give me life or to end my life today. I also remember God as Solomon tells when I obey him. Obeying God helps you with your forgetfulness of God. You see, if I'm obeying God, I'm not going to forget God. Over and over we hear this. The Lord said, everyone who hears my words, everyone who hears my words and acts on them. You see, that's obedience. I'm asking all of you who are a part of First Baptist Church, I'm your pastor. Do you take seriously the words of the Lord Jesus Christ? I mean, do you live by them? Do you practice them? Not a philosophy, not an idea. You just think, well, boy, those are some happy thoughts Jesus gave along the way. Are you willing to surrender yourself? I'm talking about bow your self-will down and surrender to the Lord Jesus Christ as supreme Lord of your life. That's right, everything, your life, your business, your desires, you lay it all down. You lay it all down and surrender and say, I will trust you and I will obey you all of my life. You see, that's what it means to glorify God and to remember God. I'm convinced of this and I wish I had time to develop it. I'm, I've gone beyond, but I must finish. I want you to understand, my friends, that a spiritual life of forgetfulness uh, comes from absent-mindedness and uh, inattention and indifference and unawareness of all the things God's doing. That's what, you, that's what happens when you have forgetfulness. You're absent-minded. Oh, I don't even remember what God's done for me. I, I, I'm inattentive. I, I'm not even aware of all that God's doing around me. Do you see what God is doing around you? Do you know the ways He is protecting you? There's indifference. What did the Lord have to say to the, to the churches there in the book of Revelation. He said, you've lost your first love. Get back and do the first things first. 
Repent of your sins. Come back. Are you living with an inattention to the things of God? You're so caught up in your world. You're so caught up with your job. You're so caught up with yourself, consumed with yourself, that you have, in, you have inattention and indifference and an unawareness of what God is doing in your life. That is forgetfulness of God. And so we are called today to remember our Creator in the days of our youth and in our old age. And by the way, when you remember God, you enjoy Him. You know what? There's nothing more blessed than the filling of the Holy Spirit. Oh, to be saved and the Holy Spirit of God to dwell in my life and to teach me the Word of God and to guide me and direct me to live in the fullness of the Holy Spirit is a down payment, just a partial portion of what we will have forever in heaven. I'm asking you, my friend, do you enjoy God? Do you have pleasure in walking with God? What brings you your greatest pleasure? Having a lot of money in the bank or running off to watch your sports or do whatever it is you find pleasure in? What is it that gives you pleasure? You see, having a relationship with God and remembering our Creator brings great enjoyment to our life. So what do we remember? Don't forget God who made you. Don't forget. I'm, I'm goading. I'm goading. I'm goading. I know you're tired of it, but I'm goading you again. I want you to remember it as you go out the door. Don't forget the God who made you. Don't, when you look in the mirror, before you put on that beauty cream, before you look at your face, look at your hands, look at your body, whatever shape it's in, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made, and God knows everything about me. I will not forget my God who made me and saved me. Fear Him. That will keep you from doing things you ought not to do. Going places you ought not to go and saying things you ought not to say. If you fear God, it will change the way you live. And obeying God keeps you on the path that leads to life. The Lord Jesus said there's a broad way and a narrow way. When you obey God, there's the narrow way. Finally, I end today reminding you that whenever we all are finished, there will come a day when we will stand before the judgment seat of Christ and we will give account for the things which we have done in the flesh. What does Solomon say? It's the last verse of, book, of the book of Ecclesiastes. What is the final word about life under the sun? God will, Elohim, God will bring every act, the Almighty God will bring every act to judgment. Everything which is hidden, whether it is good or evil. Remember your Creator in the days of your youth. Before the evil days come and the years draw near, when you will say, I have no delight in them. To the praise of the glory of His grace, the Lord is near to the door. And we pray, come Lord Jesus.